of 2018. The first one in a long, long time, actually. Uh, it's true. I didn't podcast, I believe, through uh, the entire second half of 2017. The last podcast was, I think, sometime in June of 2017. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about why that is. Um, and going to try something a little different for this first podcast of the new year. Um, it's going to be an audio version of the first blog post that I made this year. And what I'm going to do is attempt to read that post and augment it with some of my own thoughts to make this sort of a, an audio version of that post that um, some people probably read, others maybe didn't, but um, there are some exciting things to talk about and uh, we haven't connected in a while. So let's give this a shot and see how it goes. Um, also trying something a little different here, um, seeing if I can actually do this through my iPhone uh, to make this whole podcasting thing a little more efficient and accessible and something that I could do more often if I could do it uh, a little bit more, uh, I guess, spontaneously is the word to say. So um, it's one big grand experiment, but um, I really did um, miss podcasting and getting a chance to chat with you guys about the website. So um, let's uh, let's see how this goes, and hopefully 2018 will, uh, will lend itself to more of these. Um, so I'm going to attempt to uh, bring up the... Um, news article and uh, or blog post, whatever you want to call it. And uh, here we go. So this was back on January 3rd, so a few weeks ago. Um, and apologies if it sounds like I have a cold, because I do. So this probably isn't the best day to be podcasting. But you know what? I haven't done it in a long time, so we're just going to go with it. Wow, it's 2018. How did that happen? I guess that's not a surprising statement from someone who hasn't blogged on Penn & Chase since last April and didn't manage to podcast at all in the second half of 2017. For one, I sincerely apologize for those few fans who look forward to my updates. One of my resolutions is to find more time for PC in 2018. Not that it will be easy, but it can be done. And frankly, it's something I miss. Last year was an incredibly challenging year. I feel like I've said that in the past, but I had no idea how challenging life can really be when you have a new baby and a demanding job. We also moved into a new home in 2017, just a couple months after Avery, my daughter, was born. And I don't recommend moving into a new home after having a new baby, in case anyone was curious. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, wow. It was, a, it was a challenging, challenging year, and... What they say is true, uh, with challenge comes growth and comes learning, and I'm trying to see the positive side of things. Uh, it was a really demanding year, but uh, there's a lot that I learned in 2017 and, and a lot that caused me to grow as a person. So uh, it is true, when, when you're kind of coasting in life, um, you kind of stay the same, and uh, 2017 was a really fascinating year. But unfortunately, it didn't lend a ton of time for Penn and Chase. And I'd really, I'm actually already diving back into Penn and Chase a little bit more. And I think there's going to be some really exciting things. So let's continue reading. On top of the absolute insanity of caring for a new human under a year old without any family in the area to help, I was dealing with one of the most challenging years of my professional career. All of this added up 
to a lot less focus on Penn and Chase last year. And uh, let me just comment on the absolute insanity of caring for a new human. Uh, that is, uh, wow, it's, it's an amazingly rewarding and amazingly challenging thing. And uh, it does get easier every day. I've, I've heard some parents tell me that year two or three are actually the most challenging because they're moving around and they're getting into stuff. I don't see how that could be true. I don't see how it could get more challenging after year one. I think the thing about year one with a baby is that it really depends on your circumstances. You know, that, that point about no family in the area is, uh, is just huge. I mean, if you've got, you know, if we had some grandparents who lived in town, it would have just taken a burden off us in, in so many ways. The other thing is that a lot of it is dependent on there's so many things you don't even know about until you're in the thick of trying to raise a baby. And, uh, you know, there are sleep challenges. There's there's breastfeeding challenges. So some babies, they go straight to formula or they go straight to a bottle just because the mother can't produce enough milk. And by the way, if you ever wondered, um, producing milk has nothing to do with the body size or structure of the woman. It's totally random. Some women can and, and some women can't. And... Uh, so some babies are on formula right away, which um, is not supposedly not the best for them from a health perspective, but uh, man, it, it certainly reduces the burden because breastfeeding is a huge, huge burden. There's pumping, there's time that needs to be set aside to both pump and breastfeed. And then you also have to train the baby to not only breastfeed, but then eventually bottle feed, wean them off the breast. It's, it's crazy stuff. Uh, and I just can't imagine that it gets harder. Um, for us, you know, each day it's gotten easier. So that's been great. And Avery is just a, an amazing person already with such a personality. And I obviously love her to death. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about Pen and Chase. I was still able to get a few important things done. The site is now 100% secure. I did a lot of work behind the scenes to prepare for future growth. Started the podcast and got a pretty decent amount of new users thanks to better ratings on the app stores and things like uh, GM games. And that was a real big win when, when you guys helped bump the ratings for, for some of those things. We did see an influx. And so I'll do another campaign at some point this year to try to encourage people to go bump our ratings again because our ratings on those sites are, are really critical to drawing in new people. Speaking of new users, uh, the annual update of users is going to sound a lot like last year. At the end of 2017, we had just over 12,000 users. After purging anyone who has not logged in for over four years, we are down to about 9,500. So every year what I do is I go in and I clean out the database. If you haven't logged in for over four years, pretty much just take that person out of the database. Um, and so uh, that's the 9,500 number is actually better than last year when, after the purge, we ended up with about 9,000. It also means we gained over 3,000 new registrations in 2017, I've got a typo I just noticed on the blog. It says 2018, which is wrong. We gained over 3,000 new registrations in 2017, which is pretty solid. Um, and that's that's historically uh, pretty consistent. I think we saw a little bit of an uptick this year in that, again, with some of the improved ratings on other websites. I see a lot of potential avenues to bring in more users, but I feel the features of the site need to grow a little bit before we can really attract large numbers of people. We continue to lose a lot of good users, so evolving to keep more of the good people around is always a good thing. And that's true. I mean, we're going to have people come and go. 
Um, we lost some, you know, last year we saw some, some folks who have been around for years and years and been major, major users of the site. A lot of people leave and, you know, people are just going to grow and change in their own personal lives. They're going to go away. They're going to come back. Um, but I think, um, we can continue to have a product that not only draws people to it, but continues to become a better product such that people really want to come back or maybe not even leave in the first place. Um, and we'll talk a lot about that maybe a little bit today and in future podcasts and throughout the year on the boards, I'm going to try to make a real effort to not only post blog updates, but then follow that up with podcast updates. Let's talk advertisements. I know ads were a huge topic this year. I hate ads as much as everyone else, but we can't survive without them. Most of our users are here because this site is free. When I run polls asking if people would consider consider a paid site, around 80% say no. Therefore, I have to continue to explore various ways ads can support us. We tried a few things and you all responded with what worked and what didn't. The pop over banner ads at the bottom of the page were not well received, so we got rid of those. I was frankly a little surprised. I thought those were pretty non-invasive. There was a little pop over at the bottom of the page. Um, in most cases, it just covered sort of the bottom. Sometimes I guess it popped a little too much. Anyway, people hated them. It just, I guess it just covered too much of the page for people, particularly on mobile. Um, and frankly, they just, from a revenue standpoint, they weren't impactful enough to, to be worth it. You know, you guys know I make the best effort I possibly can to keep the site usable. I mean, you guys have been on the web. You know what websites do these days with the tons of ads they throw at you. And I think most people would agree we are pretty lean when it comes to ads compared to the rest of the web right now. Um, so mostly now we have the one silent video on the right side. It's not that. And like I said, that's really not much compared to most sites on the web these days. We had some really generous holiday donors who I gave a shout out to on the public boards, not by name, because donating is a private decision. Thanks to everyone who donated, even if it was only two bucks. It all goes back into the website. Any savings I have from this site remains in that account so I can grow and expand as more people join. And that's, that's really absolutely true. Um, you know, the site obviously doesn't make much, but what it does, I like to save. You never know when we need to expand the database, get new servers, um, it's all to keep this thing going. So what's coming next? I know there have not been many new features recently. Most of my focus has been on rewriting the code base so the site can be built on modern technology in the future. But I do want to make some changes in 2018. One thing that has been on the list for a while is more control over individual players in regards to who can surprise Bart, steal, etc. Actually, I so I threw surprise bunt in there, but I don't know why I did because that's already a feature. So really, I think the key one there is People really have asked for control over individual players being able to steal and things like that. Um, here's a big one. I hate the catcher's arm rating and want to import true caught stealing stats for catchers. I'm also not a big fan of range factor and thinking of ways to make defense better. So on the catcher's arm rating point, um, that's going to be the next post and the next blog. Uh, we're going to have some really fascinating conversations about arm rating and what's coming next. And that's coming like really soon. So I'm super excited about that. And then the range factor thing, I've got a lot of things going on there already. So um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of really interesting conversations. So with range factor, um, I'll just touch really briefly on both of these. So catcher's arm rating, I think we all know, is very problematic. There were no stats to really determine, is it, does a catcher have a strong arm? So what we used was total assists. 
And that's obviously very problematic. And in the next um, blog post and podcast, we're going to talk about that and show some amazing examples of how problematic it really is. Arm is ba- the arm rating for catchers is basically just nonsensical at this point. I mean, catchers who really shouldn't have a strong arm from a base-stealing perspective do, and catchers who should don't. It's, it's a mess. And we're going to fix it, so that's awesome. Um, range factor has always been a weird one, right? It was our attempt to... Everyone wanted some kind of defensive factor in the game. Um, you know, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a lot to say soon about Keith Law's smart baseball. I've just started reading it and, uh, it's really great. A lot of it is not going to come as a surprise to pennant chase users, but so much of it applies directly to pennant chase. And what we've been talking about on here, things like pitcher wins, not really being meaningful. Um, things like, you know, where a player bats in a lineup, not being meaningful, um, all these things that saves is another big one, you know, saves not being meaningful. Um, we've had so many debates on pen and chase about should wins or saves, you know, create some sort of extra, extra stat boost. And Keith Law debunks all of that. And really just, I mean, the way Keith Law kind of goes through his book, it's like it was written for pen and chase. The way that the pen and chase sin is built is pretty much exactly the way he, he talks about things. Um, so that's really cool. But one of the things that's really interesting, and I haven't read, I haven't gotten to the chapters yet on, on defense, but one of the things that's really interesting is that if you look at defense and even something like defensive war, uh, it's very hard, if, al- if almost impossible, to assign any true value to defense. A player's individual defense has very little impact on win probability, which is, you know, one, one player... They may the, the the best defensive war in the history of baseball, I think, is Andrelton Simmons, who had about a four, which means he's adding four more wins to his team because of his defense, and that's the best in history. So, you can see why defense originally in pen and chase was not even in the sim. Range factor was a way to try to allow for some defensive impact, and I think it was a good addition because I think it added some depth to the game. It made different players have different value, which I think you know, players who would normally not have any value because of their offense did have some value. But it's also super problematic. Range factor doesn't really give you any true glimpse into how good a player is defensively. We all know that it's also, the way it works today in the sim is that it's sort of a combined team range factor rating. Um, And people have all sorts of wild theories about how range factor impacts the sim. I've always said it's a very minimal impact because as, as we just talked about, Defensive stats, they don't they don't impact the outcome of a game, uh, and and so defense is very a very little part of the sim, and and um, there there are reasons for that. But anyway, we're going to talk a lot more about that. So um, the other thing that I talk about in the blog is finally I've noticed that stat levels have gotten out of whack in some custom leagues, where commissioners haven't adjusted their levels on a regular basis. I think there's a better way to adjust the levels for individual leagues, so more to come soon. So this is where, you know, each league, you have a, the stat levels are based on batting average and something very bizarre, which is, for pitchers, which is um, innings pitched minus hits allowed. So the gap between how many innings you pitch and how many hits you allowed. Both things are very flawed. Uh, Keith Laws, as a matter of fact, in his book, totally rips on batting average. I mean, I think we all know and agree that Batting average is not the best 
stat for a batter's true value. Um, and of course the inning pitch minus hits thing is just kind of ridiculous. So, um, that's super problematic and we're going to have some improvements there. And I think the really exciting thing about the improvements there and what I really want to do with this, that change is make it more accessible and understandable for newbies to the site or even those who have been around here for a while to try to understand the value of a player in the context of his player pool. Because people come to the site and they join a league. I just, ha- I just had a user the other day join um, 1970 to present. He drafted like Miguel Cabrera and Zach Greinke and some other modern day player. And he's like, I've got some of the best baseball players ever and my team sucks. And it's like as yeah, Zach Greinke in best of, you know, in 1970 to present and Miguel Cabrera in 1970 to present, you know, not that great in that player pool, right? And so folks don't understand the player pool concept. And I'd like to make that potentially a little more accessible to them. And we'll see. Um, And then, of course, there is the coming arrival of Mr. Otani, which will present an interesting challenge if he is an effective two-way player. I have not yet decided how we'll handle that but that will be a future topic of discussion so for sure that'll be really interesting um keith law says another really interesting thing in his book about how he hates the dh and or he hates the the pitcher batting and thinks leagues should be totally dh i I think the trend is starting to go that way whereas a few years ago it was the opposite you had all the traditionalists saying oh the dh stinks and now you got more younger modern baseball fans who realized that, and I've always felt this way, that watching a pitcher bat is the most boring, dull thing. And the strategy that people claim, like, you know, my stepfather, who, you know, grew up in a non-DH world, uh, loves the pitcher batting and loves the strategy involved in it. And uh, I can't stand it. I think it's the dullest thing. I was a fan of an American League team growing up. So I loved watching it. And, and, and then when I moved to Seattle, I got to see Edgar Martinez hit. I mean, I just, I love that. Uh, I don't like watching the pitcher bat. And I think the trends are going that way. So I don't, I don't really have any plans to change pennant chase, which as we all know, since it's inception has been a DH only game. Uh, but we, we're going to have to figure out how to deal with Mr. Otani and we'll have time to talk about that and figure that out. As always, you guys make the site, your feedback, your reporting of issues, your ideas and your suggestions are really the heart of this site. Even if I don't respond to your feedback, please know I read every single one and add it to the backlog or wish list. Thank you for a great 2017, and here's to an even better 2018. And uh, all that is absolutely true. I mean, um, you guys are the engine of the site. Um, You know, we've got, we continue to have a really great community. you know, I feel like we've lost some of our really long-time great users, and um, we've got to get a little bit of a new wave coming in here. But, um, you know, everything kind of cycles. And so the, the state of the site is still very healthy. Um, you know, we've been pretty stable in status quo for several years now. So I don't feel like the site is in any kind of jeopardy of getting shut down or anything like that. Um, you know, last year was obviously a very challenging year in which I didn't have a ton of time to dedicate to the site. But the great thing about the site right now is that it's pretty self-sustaining. It kind of runs itself uh, for the most part. So um, 
that's really important right now because as I, as I don't have as much time, um, it's important that the site be pretty stable, which it is. Uh, you know, people have asked me, why don't you hire someone or open source it or whatever? Um, you know, I certainly don't have the, the funds, unfortunately, to, to hire anyone. Um, you know, open sourcing it is just, that's a totally different ball game that I haven't really entertained. Um, I mentioned in that blog about kind of working on some of the, the behind the scenes infrastructure code structure. And that is true. I did start, um, recoding the site last year. I got a little detoured on it, um, when my job got kind of crazy and things got kind of crazy. So, uh, about halfway through last year, um, I got a little stalled out on that effort, so I have to kind of figure out um, when I pick that up and and what the next steps are in terms of sort of rewriting the the basic structure of the site. I think what I want to do right now is focus on getting some of these improvements in there. So some of the things we talked about around the catcher's arm and the range factor and the um, stat levels, because if we can improve that, I think it's going to improve the overall game. It's going to add a really positive strategic element to it it's gonna make results feel really even more realistic than they than they already are um and then once that's kind of set you know i think it would be good to start focusing again on um, the underlying code base and some of the design changes that are coming um some of the design changes and code changes that i've been working on are there to sort of allow for some growth not only uh, in the baseball game, but potentially to spin off to other sports. And I know I've been talking about other sports for years and years and years, and it's never happened. And maybe it never will, but I'm still going to keep striving for it because you never know. Um, you never know. Uh, so I'm still going to keep that on the radar. Um, I think I think even with the baseball game, um, there are some really interesting improvements that could be made that would really enhance the game. Like, uh, Grant Hewitt, who was a longtime user who recently left the site, um, great guy. He's still on my Facebook feed. Uh, you know, he said something when he left about how he wished that there was a computer AI who could really control teams. And I think that's a really interesting point. You know, it would allow for leagues to fill up quicker if we could plug in a computer-managed team. Um, it would allow for custom leagues to have more options if they could assign a computer AI to a certain team. Uh, that's obviously a lot of work, um, but it's something worth considering uh, as we move forward here, because I do think that could improve the site. You know, the site is pretty daunting when you first get to it. It's not, it used to be somewhat intuitive. Over time, it's just become, I think, more complex and less intuitive, intuitive for new people. And I think that's one of the big challenges right now, trying to think of ways that the game can be a little more accessible when you first get to the site and make a little more sense to people. I don't I don't have a great idea for how much of a problem that really is. Um, you know, some pe most people come to the site, they check it out, and they leave and they never come back. That's most people. Um, the people who find it and love it are the ones who stay, and that's who the site's really for. This isn't meant to be a really simple site. I mean, this is baseball sim. You gotta you gotta know what you're doing, you gotta understand the game. Uh, there are a lot of things you, you have to be willing to dive into. Um, so it's an interesting dilemma. I still think the game and the site could be a little more accessible for new people, um, particularly around the auto leagues. Just getting into them, having them start a little quicker, 
Um, and maybe even some of the tools, maybe even some of the commissioner tools, which right now, you know, you have to be pretty savvy to be a commissioner. Um, there might be a way to make some of that stuff a little more automated and easier as well. So there's a lot of potential here. Um, I'm really excited about this year. I think that uh, there are going to be some really cool changes. I'm really hopeful that I continue to have a little bit of breathing room here um, where I can continue to make some updates and not get stalled out like last year. But uh, I'm going to do my best. Um, and that's really all I can do, right? So, um, welcome to 2018. It's here already. Uh, stay tuned for more. It's-